In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Men, you and I are, we are containers of power. Our words contain power. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is for you to become your best by calling you into the arena of manhood, calling you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and calling you up to your absolute best version of you. Because when you get it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we, we salute, salute you. you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Equipping Men in 10. I am Jim Ramos, and I'm here with my co-host, and producer Dale Culver. How you doing, man? Giddy up. Doing good. Got a man law? I do. Don't be a lone ranger. So don't think you can conquer this life alone. Find someone who will push you, who will pick you up when you fall down. And, uh, you know, when guys are doing things alone, they usually get themselves in trouble and wear out. And so you need someone to help lift your hands and keep you going. Yeah, isolation is not a part of the manhood journey. It just really isn't. And so these guys that think I'm a rugged individualist, I'm an American, I can do it on my own, they're wrong. You, you need a team. You need guys with you. Uh, life is hard. So I want to be transparent with. Life is hard. I mean, yeah. I'm looking at a box right here that my stepdad used. The gun that he blew his head off with is, came in this box, and he, that was his problem. He, did, he was isolated. Yeah, Isolation is not a good thing. The guy that the, the self-made man worships his creator, him. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. So, hey, good good man law there, man. I want to get in the meat of the podcast. Guys, I want to start off and tell you a story. Uh, I've shared this at nu- numerous different events I speak at. When I was in college, we had a couple rookie nights for the football guys. And uh, they probably would have made national news today, some of the things we had to do. But it, we, we, we look back on them and laugh. <laughs> we aren't traumatized, you know. But uh, one of those nights, we got blindfolded. We were wearing our shorts only and tennis shoes. We were thrown in the back of a truck of one of our uh, veteran players, hauled to an unknown unknown location in South San Jose. I think it was the railroad station or something. I never been back. And uh, when we got there, all 80 or so veterans were huddled around this trash can, and they escorted us into the trash can. So the trash can became became our ground zero. And what they didn't tell us was they had taken the food, the liquid and soft food from the the last two weeks. You know, yogurt, cottage cheese. Oatmeal, sour cream, milk, salad dressing, deep fryer oil, all of this stuff. They'd thrown it in this 55-gallon drum, and they called it the emulsion. 
and then they sang Aerosith Smith's song "Sweet Emotion" with the one word change, and uh, and it, it just got pretty heated and pretty much in a frenzy. And they took a huge ladle and poured three scoops onto each rookie, one on our head, one in the front of our shorts, one in the back, and then they made us run three miles back to the dorm. So it was quite an experience, but I'll never forget that smell. Uh, I had to throw away my clothes. Uh, the smell was on my body for probably a week. So every time I sweat, I would smell this smell. It was just horrible, horrible. And as I look at that in my mind's eyes, I look at that trash can, guys, and I think of this uh, container. I think of, men. you and I, are we are containers of power. Our words contain power. For many of us, uh, uh, words have been a stench of death that have wounded us. For others, words have been a uh, a release of power in our life to climb the next level. I just called uh, my PE teacher from middle school, Coach Biden. He is now 82 years old, and I called to tell him that the words he spoke, he spoke one sentence into my life when I was an eighth grader, and that really set the course for where I am today in a lot of ways. And I just called him to say, hey, when you had said those words to me, that really impacted my life. And at 82 years old, he was like, he just was like, you made my day. How often do teachers get that from their students? You know, but you never know the power of a minute. Wes Stafford talks about this power of a minute that in a minute we can free a life or we can put a life into bondage. We can we can set a person free or set them into bondage. We can give them power or we can we can give them a lot of pain. And so, you know, in the Bible, God gives us a great example of how we as men should be containers of power. So he speaks audibly three times in the Bible, New Testament. Uh, once in John 12, 28, Jesus foretells his death, and the Father says to him, uh, I have glorified your name and will glorify it again. And at the baptism of Jesus, uh, the Father speaks, this is you are my son who I love, and him I'm well pleased, and you I'm well pleased. And then at the transfiguration, God speaks again very, very similar words. So I thought about these words that the Father speaks over Jesus, and I thought these are words that we really need to speak into the lives of those who we love. And and honestly, guys, it can be your friends. It doesn't have to be your kids or your grandkids, but it can be anybody. But the first word is, the first phrase that God says, he says, this is my son. And as patriarchs, we need to say to our children and grandchildren, you are my son, you are my daughter, you carry my DNA. In other words, guys, you belong to me. You belong to me. You're a part of us. You're a part of my legacy. You're a part of my heritage. It's an unconditional gift that we give to those we love. You belong here. The second thing, guys, is this. The father says, you're my son. This is my son who I love. Now, guys, this is key, and I want to tell you, belonging is an unconditional gift that we give those in our life. The other thing that we give that is unconditional is love, is to love one, one another person. In Luke chapter 15, we read of the prodigal son coming home, and the father puts a robe on him, puts a ring on his finger, and he puts sandals on his feet, and sandals were symbolic to sonship, versus slaveship or slavery. So the father wanted to be very clear to his son that you are mine. In fact, he said, this this son of mine who was lost, who I love, has come home. And guys, it is so important for us to tell our stu- our kids that we love them. I would tell you this, say I love you until it's boring. 
Be boring with how much you say I love you. In fact, I would challenge you right now, wherever you are, pull off the side of the road and text your kids, text your grandkids that you love them right now. My son James um, is a car salesman, and he was testing the Apple sound on a car, and every time he does that, he calls his mom because every time he gets off the phone with his mom, he knows that they will say these three parting words, I love you, and I bet my son has sold a lot of cars when women have heard that this young 25-year-old guy tell his mom he loves him, loves her. So, guys, we need to say I love you till it's boring. So unconditionally, we give belonging and we give love to those who are under our care. And the next thing the Father said, which is huge, he said, with him I am well pleased. It is an honor and a privilege as parents to tell our kids we're proud of them, to look for opportunities to bless them, even in, in the relationships of those our friends and our friends those who are friends with us, find opportunities to bless, to speak life into somebody. Tell them you're proud of them. Tell them you're, what they're doing is a good thing. Man, I'll tell you what, as a son, I long for those times when my dad would tell me, I'm proud of you, son. And so what I've done with my kids is I try to say it to them often and regularly so they are used to hearing it, so they know that I am pleased with them because of who they are. And lastly, the father tells uh he tells the disciples, listen to him. Now, this was really critical, guys, theologically, because on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah just showed up. Moses is known in the Jewish history as the greatest deliverer in Jewish history. Elijah was known as the greatest and first prophet. So here are these two guys. They're with the Father and Jesus, and Peter doesn't know what to do, right? So he goes, hey, let's make three man caves. Let's make one for each of you. And the father says, no, no, it's not about three man caves. Listen to Jesus. Jesus now is going to replace the greatest deliverer and the greatest prophet. Jesus is the Messiah who will replace them, who is greater than them. Listen to him. And I would say this, guys, as a patriarch, it's really important for us to be able to bless our kids and to brag about our kids and to promote our kids, well-deserving kid. This I don't believe in participation trophies, but if you have a son or a daughter or a grandson or a friend that is doing great things, man, shamelessly promote them. Tell people to listen to them. I give you, I give you permission to do that, man. This is what God did to Jesus. He said, listen to this son of mine. So guys, what can you bring to the table as a patriarch? You are a container of power. Your words matter. Four things you can speak in the life of those you love. You can tell them that they belong. You can tell them that you love them till it's boring. You can bless them and tell them how proud you are of them, and you can shamelessly promote them. So these are words that a father speaks over his children and about his children to release them and to bless them. Arena men. You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. We've got some amazing resources to help you on your journey to become the best version of you. So if you haven't done so yet, make sure you go and join our Facebook forum for men called the Men in the Arena. We have thousands of men from like 85 nations on there interacting daily. If you And also sign up online for our weekly equipping blast, and you'll receive our free PDF version of my 365-day bathroom book for men. And then thirdly, guys, if you haven't done so yet, which you probably already have, subscribe to this podcast. Hey, guys, until next time, feel the wet sound of the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. This is Dale Calder, and you've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world on our closed Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of manhood. 
In our passion to help all arena men, we're offering an excellent free resource when you visit our homepage at meninarena.org. Simply give us your email and we'll send you a free PDF version of Jim's book for men called The Field Guide, a bathroom book for men. It's a daily study of manly words in the Bible explained with great stories. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Dale Culver signing off. Until next time, thank you for joining men in the arena from around the world who are becoming their best version. And remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men's from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.